makes you such a threat? We choose the right to be who we are. We know the difference between the reality of freedom and the illusion of freedom. There's a way to live with Earth and a way not to live with Earth. We choose the way of Earth. It's about power. Chasha, I can do Chasha. O eto na kecha makake de la ka ompi. O ahutopa na khupa ho yukhapi. Taku shkashkan ompi ke le na yuha. Makake le. Ha kantkan ka taku e chaki na ke he on. O na hoki chila mani pikte. Makake le hoki la mi moshikila. He on he chila. Le on yu ta. Tatani ma. Greetings and good day and welcome, my relatives. I shake your hands with good feelings in my heart. And the whole world is a beautiful day. It's good for all of us to be here and let the people hear your voice respectfully. Celebrate life. This is First Voices Radio. And I send you greetings and strength from the east gate of Turtle Island where the sun and water touch the earth at once. I'm your host, Teokas and Ghost Horse. Let me say that in Lakota. Le ambetu ki tranka na washtielo, ola kota yelo oyate, hona umbi o hola oskati wichoni. And this is an all native hosted, all native produced First Voices Radio now in his 28th year of broadcasting. And Liz Hill is First Voices Radio's producer. And you can hear now hear us on iTunes, Apple Pike Podcast, Bud Sprouts, um, Spotify, and as well as First Voices Indigenous Radio, Radio.org where it's archived, and you can hear us internationally on Savizar Contemporary in Berlin and Potsdam, Germany. The Indian Child Welfare Act of, or ICWA of 1978 is a federal law that governs the removal and out-of-placement, uh, out-of-home placement of American Indian children. The law was enacted after recognition by the federal government that, government that uh, American Indian children were being removed from their homes and communities 
at a much higher rate than non-native children. And the ICWA, which is, again, the Indian Child Welfare Act, established standards for the placement of Indian children in foster and adoptive homes and enable tribes and families to be involved in child welfare cases. And there's lots of resources you can go to, but I think one resource we have now is one person on the line with us. His name is Brian Neuenberger, and is president and founder of Simply Smiles, which is an organization that builds villages of foster homes for indigenous children. And this model of foster care is new and progressive, one that provides a desperately needed, scalable, and culturally appropriate response for Native children in Oaxaca, Mexico, and on the Cheyenne River Lakota Reservation in South Dakota. And since 19, excuse me, 2002, Brian was a professional mountain climbing guide and recovered from a climbing injury, and he, he, he experienced in volunteers, excuse me, I'll say this right here, he volunteered at a Mexican orphanage, and his experiences inspired him to create Simply Smiles. And so here we go with, uh, we named him as Lakota people, Chante Washte Wichasha, which means kind-hearted man. And it was backed by the tribal elders, the tribal council, and the local community. Simply Smiles Children's Village on the Cheyenne River Reservation is serving the immediate needs of the most at-risk Lakota children, but also scaffolding a brighter future by guiding today's most vulnerable children to become tomorrow's strongest and most influential adults. And uh, Simply Smiles Children's Villages, which create leaders, role models, and citizens of the world. Uh, I'm going to quote Brian here. He said, Simply Smiles has an important role to play in reaching a, a brighter future. But when a success story is written, it should not be a story of this organization, Simply Smiles. It should be the story of how Native children wanted something different, something better, and with a little help work to achieve it. An organization like ours should not should be felt not seen. We should be a wind at your back. And again, those of you who want to look that, look this up as we talk with Brian Neuenberger today, it is simplysmiles.org. And that's that's it, simplysmiles.org. And I'd like to welcome you back back to First Voices Radio, Brian. As always, to speak with you, it's simply an honor to that you're doing so much work with the children on that reservation, Cheyenne River. Thanks for joining us this morning. Oh, good afternoon, my friend. Thanks for having me today. Oh, that's right. It's afternoon out there. Here it's snowing. I, I don't know if it's snowing out in South Dakota. <laughs> no, I think the weather's reversed this year. We uh, Yesterday I was outside working at the village in a T-shirt while people were sending me pictures from back east in the, the snow. So uh, I don't know what's happening. Yeah, <laughs> here at the station in Roxbury, they had uh, you know had to clean the front front door out to shovel ourselves. It wasn't that deep, but it was snow enough to put a shovel down to clear everything out. But that's, <laughs> that's about, you know, thinking about going forward with this process of, you know, the the bridge to stop the flow, the free flow of the Indian Child Welfare Act. And, and basically the negative, negative part is that children are still being removed from their homes and communities, especially on re- native reservations, and I'm in this case, uh, uh, Cheyenne River, and Simply Smiles has done something that I have been following for at least a decade or more, 
And it is about the children. It has been focused on the children and, you know, the, the, the turnaround, but to continue this turnaround so that they're, they're encouraged and they go forward with, you know, the ideas that there is another life to add to the culture of being Lakota. And I want to bring that message to the folks who are listening to this, because this is going to go out all over the place, all over North America and even in the Germany. And I think it, it is this call, in a sense, um, but I really feel that it is in, in parent. Uh, in, in, I mean, uh, it, it's it's due. So so it's due that now because of the consciousness of the earth that we foster that we that we nurture these young minds so that we can really understand what our relationship is with the earth as well as to other life forms, including humans, of which I tend to put secondary because it seems like when we put ourselves first, Brian, that's when we see, that's when we, we uh, get in a little, we lose discernment of what we're supposed to be doing in helping each other as Simply Smiles is doing. So your thoughts about this Indian Child Welfare Act and what is going on in South Dakota that maybe the world needs to hear about and that we need to reach out with? Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, all true, Teokasin. And, you know, the, the reality in Indian country, as I'm sure all of your listeners know, is that there is um, a, a tremendous, tremendous need for um, for uh, to care for the most for the most vulnerable children, the the realities in Indian country that tragically lead to um, children being unsafe, um, you know, objectively unsafe um, in their homes is it, it, it's it's just tremendous the need, and there is very little infrastructure to respond appropriately to that need. Meaning, if a child has to be you know tragically and sadly you know, removed from their biological family because they're unsafe in that environment for for whatever reason. The big question is, where does that child then go? And unfortunately, there's very, very few options in Indian country that would be ICWA, Indian Child Welfare Act, compliant. And that law, while, while the letter and spirit of that law is good and strong, there's also a loophole you could drive a truck through, which is that if a determination is made that there's no ICWA-compliant placement, then that Native child can simply be placed anywhere. And so the result is that, you know, children who need a place to be are put in um, the systems um, outside of Indian country, away from kin, away from community, away from culture, whether it be in Minneapolis or Denver or Rapid City or even Dallas, wherever it may be. And that's what the powers that be are, are, are they're cornered. Where, where else are these kids going to go? So we're not pointing fingers, we're not, we're not casting judgments, we're simply acting. And so I started this organization way back in 2003, working with Indigenous children in Mexico. Teokasin is the one who brought us out here to Cheyenne River, his home, um, back in 2009. We, we banked 11 years of learning and experience and working side-by-side side with uh, the Lakota people here on Cheyenne River. And our now response, our focused response, is to give an option for a place where these children can be, uh, can go when they have to be removed from their families that keeps them on the reservation, on sovereign lands, with kin, with community, and so that they can heal with their people, 
that they can use defining as Lakota people and also citizens of a wider world as, as a driving force for that healing. And that change can emanate in their lives and then from their lives more broadly to Cheyenne River and to Indian country and for indigenous people around the world. And we believe that these children, while they may be the most vulnerable at this moment, have within them the power to be those, those change agents, have the power in them to change their lives, and as a result, change the lives and, and realities and the circumstances of those around them. So that's what we're doing right at this, this very moment. Brian Neuenberger, when you when you talk about the lack of infrastructure, I tend to jump to the loophole that you talked about. You know, is that system? Um, what can I? How can I rephrase this? Is the, the loophole is bigger than we can imagine it? Um, because I think we're 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 taught to okay, now we see the problem, but we're not we we're not really we don't really see the elephant in the room. But yet, it's the room that contains the elephant and. If you know where I'm going, it is the system, and that loophole seems to be pretty big for taking children away. What What is the criteria, if you do know, of, of what the system says is a requirement to keep our children as Native people? Yeah, you know, it's basically all efforts have to be made to place the child with, you know, with a Native person. And there's a, there's a hierarchy. You know, first it's a biological family a member of their of their tribe and then you can you know it dilutes from there until and if there's no placement found then that child may end up in a non-native circumstance now you know you got to see both sides of the coin are they physically uh, you know are, are they physically safe in that environment well if they are sure you've checked one box that they're now they were unsafe physically and now they're physically safe but what boxes are remained unchecked that's the big question. And what are the results of those boxes remaining unchecked, being the only Native person in their, in their world, not knowing who they are, not knowing the power that lies in their DNA, not knowing why it's important that they're from sovereign territory, not knowing the history, etc. And all efforts made um, you know, to teach that at a, at a foster home in, 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 in Dallas, let's just say for the sake of an example, you know, they, while virtuous, they pale in comparison to the power of simply being on Cheyenne River, on sovereign territory, with a Native person at your side, um, and, and what that means in terms of defining you as, as a person. And so this all begins, you know, your, your intro is always so is always so powerful and always so beautiful to these radio programs and the most powerful thing we can do is is build this this, this infrastructure this simply smiles children's village a community of individual families of foster homes on Cheyenne River in Indian country and what emanates from that earth and what emanates down from that sky when you're on that land is the most powerful energy that we have to to make to make change, and and that's and that's what we're that's what we're doing right now. We're speaking with Brian Nuremberger, the director of First First Excuse Me Simply Smiles, which is a a first of its kind intentional community uh, that's going to and will be fostering Native children on the Cheyenne River Reservation, which is Lakota or namely Sioux, as a, that <laughs> word goes out. But again, Brian, I'm gonna look at this this language that seems to be you know we need to create this language among ourselves those of us who are looking to the children 
and when I'm thinking about this, this, uh, this, this, this village that's in place mm-hmm. now, as it's going up, you know, the, the tradition, the trauma, those who are not formed by, informed by the trauma, as, as we are now talking about, and we'll be talking about, is the why. It's why for, uh, Simply Smiles came there to the reservation in the first place. And you said infrastructure is not set up. And, you know, traditionally, we, we are sociable as, as Native people, but as our own people, we have begun to forget our culture that keeps us together. And now we're just, we, we feel like we're part of a system that becomes part of a, a product so that the, the children are fostered out in a way. And the life, yeah, materially is better, but there seems to be torture. And I'm, I'm thinking about this as a personal experience, you know, having to understand from another generation, but yet pulling away from that generation that was kept from identifying with who they were as Native people. In other words, my, bro- my mother's uh, generation, which was only boarding school. Right, and now we we are ha- we have that chance, the open window to re-identify this this uh, this culture as Lakota, and yet be inclusive. What we need to what we need to foster is also the understanding, maybe that that the uh, society at large does not know as much as they think they do about Native people and our plight, so to speak. I don't like the word plight. But it seems like sometimes that it's, it's it's apropos, and and I'm thinking, what happens, what happens to a child by example who is fostered out? What happens to their, their mental stability as Lakota? Yeah, you know, there's there's um, like I said, I think you hit the nail right on the head. Is that there's a lack of understanding, um, you know, in the wider the wider country, the wider world to those realities. There's a brushing it under the carpet. Um, there's a turning away, there's a marginalizing of Native people, there's a um, tokenizing of, of Native people. You know, we just came through Thanksgiving, which is, you know, a, a, huge, a huge example of, of that. And there's a lack of study of it. And when there is study, because there's not enough study to solidify the answers, there's controversy around those studies. So it leaves you where you need to be on the ground in Indian country, um, you know, getting the evidence coming in with your own senses, with your own eyes, with your own experience, you know, and they talk about, they talk about something called, you know, split feather syndrome, where, you know, Native children, if they're, they're no longer in their Native communities, their, their feather splits. And one half is remain. One half is in that non-native environment, and one half is in that native environment. And you're left in a place where you never truly understand who you are. You know, and I, I always give you the example. You know, it's it's so vitally important that we know who we are. That's the firmament in our lives. And when we know who we are, we can build off of that foundation, off of that firmament. I'm a non-native person. I am, um, you know, a, a tall white guy from, from Connecticut. I have an American passport. So if I was to travel abroad and I was going to go to the most extreme, wild place that would make me uncomfortable, North Korea, let's say, I'm parachuted in, I land in North Korea, I, I'm, I, I am unmoored there, but I know who I am. I'm Brian from Connecticut who runs Simply Smiles. I know who I am. I have that firmament. I'm, that's strong under my feet. When a Native child 
um, is removed from their community and ends up in a place where they don't ha- they don't know who they are. They don't know how to define as Lakota. They don't know what that means. They don't they don't have that connection. They don't have that firmness under their feet, that firmament. Then they're unmoored in that environment. How can they ever be successful? How can they ever build a life? And so it's an imperative that these children are raised as Lakota people, that they know what that is, that when you ask them, what does it mean to be Lakota, they don't think uh, teepees and buffalo, and it used to be something, and it's not that anymore, or their brain doesn't go the other way, and they think drugs and alcohol and 20 people in a trailer and no heat that they define in the, within the strengths. And when you grow up on a, when you grow up in our environment, being raised by Native people on Native sovereign land, then you're able to see where your strength lies as a Lakota person. And that provides a firmament underneath you that you can build the rest of your, your life off of. And that's what we're doing. And that's why, at this very moment, we have children in our care, on Cheyenne River, growing up, learning to be who they are, Lakota people. And that's why we're looking for Native people to come, to live on Cheyenne River, to be employed by Simply Smiles as foster parents to raise these children. And to anyone who's listening, at this very moment, we have children in our care. At this very moment, we're building houses. At this very moment, there are children who need to come and live with us that are queued up who need a place to be, who need to come live with us. And what we need to accept those children into our care so they can begin their healing journey and be Lakota citizens of the world, we need you, Native people, to come to be foster parents, to work side-by-side with us, to be part of Simply Smiles, and to be this change. What the background support system that you have there, uh, as, as I view the, the website simplysmiles.org, is the fact that there is uh, that opportunity, you say, to make a difference, but there is the support system of the elders there. I'm talking about Lakota elders to help guide you as a younger, maybe foster parent, but also yep. that's in place. And, I'm, you know, people are not just going into the desert. There's already established that there is life in this desert as elders are concerned. Is that correct, Brian? Yeah. Yeah, let me, let me talk about that for a minute because that's one of the biggest lessons you know, that we saw from the day you took us to Yogasin, the Cheyenne River, you know, to launching the Children's Village. Um, that's one of the biggest lessons we, we, we learned, which is you may be uh, a, a Lakota person uh, living either on the reservation or off the reservation or, 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 or anyone, Dine, Mohegan, Oneida, whatever. And you're thinking, I want to go back to Indian country and I want to plug in there and make a difference. Well, how do you do that? How do you do that? I mean, the, 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 these communities, where do, you, where do you even get a place to live? Where do you find a job? Where do you, I mean, the, the, the hurdles for doing that are tremendous. And you and I have talked about this so many times. Well, Simply Smiles has smoothed out all of those hurdles. So you apply. I want to come work with Simply Smiles. I want to I make a difference. I want to be a foster parent in their community. You apply. You go through the process. We, we train you, we license you, and you move into a beautiful home that we built at the Simply Smiles Children's Village. You're employed by Simply Smiles. You're on our payroll. You have health insurance. You have a retirement plan. You're there next to other foster families doing the same thing for solidarity. On site, we have support staff 
maintenance program directors, and most importantly, mental health professional right there on site working side by side with you to help these kids to heal. And then another layer of support. We're partnered with the tribe. We're partnered with the grandma's group, as, as they're called out here. And this is Marcella Gilbert, Madonna Thunderhawk, Mabel Ann Eagle Hunter, Lisa Skye, and the list goes on of Native elders who are side by side with you as well as a foster parent coming to sit with the children, talking with you, instilling their knowledge, instilling their experience, cooking meals together as a community, as a village. That's what makes this project viable. That's what makes this project possible. That's what allows these children to heal. And on the most practical of levels, that's what allows you as the listener right now in this very moment to say, this is possible. I can come to Cheyenne River. I can do this. I can be a foster parent. I can make an impact. I can change lives. Very interesting. We're talking to Brian Nuremberger, the director of SympathySmiles.org. And Brian, as you were talking, I was thinking about the word eco-village or eco. And I'm understanding that, you know, the Simply Smiles Children's Village, but that economy, the eco-spiritual value of children being born and living right where they were born for the, all of their lives would bring, you know, this optimism. And and people listening to this, well, there is optimism out there. There is opportunity to do and maybe fill in the blanks what, what you talked about, but to have the support system. What what generosity these grandmas are bringing. And also, I wanted to ask this other question. Most people are saying, well, it's on an Indian reservation, and it's probably you know, government and, you know, one of those government programs. But I I would say that you're not one of those government programs. No, we're certainly not. We're an independent, not-for-profit organization, a private organization. You know, if you, when, as you're looking at our website now, everyone, you know, there's a, there's a picture of, of Madonna Thunderhawk and a quote, and paraphrasing her, she says, we don't need another program. What we need are strong families. And so that's exactly the guiding light of what we're doing. This isn't, this isn't, we're not beholden to, you know, some short-term program funding or whatever it may be. We're, we're an independent, not-for-profit organization. We have, uh, you know, a piece of land that we've leased from Lakota, from, from Lakota people on the reservation. We're able to operate in the way that you and I and all of us deem uh, appropriate and necessary. And, you know, we're, we're, we're deft and we're, and we're agile and we're able to do what's never been done before as a, as a result. It's stable. So isn't, um, you know, I always think about different, different programs that, you know, shine brightly for a moment and then, and then disappear. And, you know, that is certainly not what this is. This is, this is a long-term commitment. The, the houses are, are sitting on, on foundations, and on those foundations, you know, children's lives are going to be, are going to be changed and improved forever. Um, and that's the situation we have. And, you know, and I, I talk about creating an oasis. And, you know, you have to, you have to take, take a place where there's, there's a lot of bumps and a lot of challenges, and you have to carve out your corner and carve out your oasis. And within, you know, the eight acres of the children's village here on Cheyenne River, that's, that's an oasis. That's a light that shines, that shines brightly. And, you know, I want to, I want to just, this is for you, Teogason, too. You know, you may recall a, Maybe a decade ago, you helped us secure some some teepees, three teepees, and uh, we got a lot of use out of those teepees, a lot of use. 
and you know a decades uh you know a lot of wear and tear but the the, the poles are still in great shape so over the last couple of weeks on the high spot of the property i i put up three three teepee poles and then we put led lights up all the poles of the teepees and at night um, at dusk, they come on automatically. And so as you come into the LaPont Valley from the east and from the west, you see these three illuminated 30-foot-high teepees. And I think those teepees are, are, are a beacon um, and a light um, indicating the change that's, that's coming and that that change is based in Lakota tradition and Lakota values and the strength that lies within the Lakota DNA. Oh, that's so powerful. Thank you for this interview, Brian Neuberger. Um, just to think about bringing that split feather syndrome into one single feather that's part of the whole bird so that we can fly. That's important. And uh, I'm, I'm, as you're talking, is these terms keep keep generating. It's like the human being syndrome is what's happening there uh, in La Planta or in South Dakota on the Cheyenne River Reservation. And we want to keep that going in the middle of the winter and in the high temperatures of the summer. And, you know, just uh, the, the land will remember no matter who comes there, it will teach you also. And I think that's the draw, part of the draw. And for me, uh, from in that area, is that the land is the draw because that contains the blood and bones and the sweat of all peoples that come there. But namely this in this place, the Lakota people and that the land teaches you. The hardiness, the the strength, the perseverance to to continue on as part of the human being, uh, human the human being. What what did I say before? Anyway, it's the human being, and and that's what yeah. we, we go there to learn. And I thank you for honoring that that code all through this decade or so, just to just to be a good human being to others and to evolve that into what in this case comes out as simply smiles. And simplysmiles.org is that is that website page to follow. Again, Brian, thank you so much. Um, you can go to simplysmiles.org and look at you know and and just go through it for yourself. Take your time and then maybe give Brian that call. But Brian, any last yeah. thoughts for you? Absolutely. Uh, first of all, just so so I don't I don't forget. Just thank you, Tiokasin, again for having me on and for for your friendship. I can't tell you um, you know how inspiring and confidence instilling that is. So so thank you and and to all the listeners out there. Like I, I know we know that what we're talking about here is a huge leap to come to Cheyenne River to take a job like this and to take these children under under your wing. Um, even with all the, the the support that I listed and the support that I didn't list, um, the tremendous support. But I would ask that you just please, you know, take a look at our website, simplysmiles.org, look at the opportunity, and it, 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 send us a note or give us a call. Get the process, get the conversation started, and we'll take it step by step by step. And I, I think you're going to see that this is an opportunity to, 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 to do something really, really powerful and really defining and, and really amazing. And when it boils down to it, we need you. We need you to take those steps. We need you to get on the website, reach out to us about becoming a foster parent, about getting involved. And these, these children need you. So, so please take a look. Please begin that process. Let's start a conversation, and great things will happen. So thank all of you very, very much, and, and thank you, Tiokasen. Brian Neuberger from simplysmiles.org. Again, it's an honor always to talk to this man, doing some great work out there. This is First Voices Radio, and uh, we'll return to you in a sec.
Spent my summer in the van St. Augustine to Michigan Held my breath, said a prayer All those people waiting there I've been searching so long It lived in me all
We come here from far away, but uh, we've already been here in my world, in my language. There really is not, in the older language, a time for the past or a time for the future. It's always been now. It's always been consciousness. 
It's never been conscience. It's always consciousness. So when you're in consciousness, there's always respect. There's no need for rules and regulations. And thus you hear the music without rules and regulations. And so we, we, we brought forth the invitation of Mother Earth. We brought forth the uploading of Mother Earth. So a lot of these sounds, of course, these materials are made from Mother Earth. And how do we understand that in, in a way that we, we need to carry this and propose to the rest of the generations ahead of us, your children, your grandmother and grandfather who have gone ahead into the future? Because they're the future. You follow them. They've gone into the future ahead of you. So you follow them. This is a, one, this is a, a logical, spiritual reason why we listen to the elders. When we say listen to the elders, we're talking about Mother Earth. And in a city, it's difficult. I know I've lived here for almost 20 years now. It's difficult because you have concrete. I'm not going to tell you what for. But when you come from a land that roots here, tree roots consciousness, grassroots mentality, grassroots movement doesn't make sense. When you hear someone, why well, my family's been here for seven generations, to a native, that doesn't make sense. So the memory has always been here for us, in the trees and the air and in the food that you all eat that we've been waiting for you. Because that DNA that we put into the plants that will check you, you say prayer, was put into the food that the world, 80% of the foods, vegetables, come from this side of the planet. And we prayed so deeply with that, we put that vibration, that thought, that energy within our DNA to put within this part of the world. And now generations of you, of all of us, have been eating those ancestors' DNA, the DNA of consciousness. And now that DNA is within you because you've been eating the food of our ancestors, the native people. So inside you feel something, but you don't know how to think about it. So now is that time that we begin to form different words, words without concepts, words without nouns, words without domination, words without ownership. Then you truly understand what music's about. When we say consciousness, we say waka, which means basically pure energy, but when you put it together, it's talking about to consciously apply mystery to everything. And once you do that, there's nothing but respect beyond this form that we have here, that those elders, the plants, the animals, the rocks, the water, the air, the mountains, all that brought here to form you, because that's consciousness. But our dome, our domination, our 10% of human has foregone that and made us the anthropocentric, that we control everything on earth because we forgot to live with Mother Earth. So in this way, this cry is coming from before 1492, from the origins, before there was thought, before there was story. There's always been life. There's no beginning and no ending. And this is not idealism. This is how a people's have thought always. And it's going to persevere for the temporary, the temporariness that's going on, the madness that is happening here now. So this will persevere, and you'll feel it.
and then you will understand it when it happens because it won't be about you. In the original language, there is no need for I and me. It's about us. So when we remove that authoritative figure, we, we begin and we, we, in the continuum of relationship, there is no one superior, there's no one inferior. You can't say we're all the same. The beauty is that we are all different. The beauty is that we will relate. And this is not a prophecy. This is not something I'm saying is going to happen because it's happening already. When we lose the scale of time that we put our containers, our thoughts, our words, our concepts within. So this consciousness is not new. The paradigm shift has never happened. It's a continuum. And when I travel the world, the people forgot ceremony. They forgot how. And I say, well, you have to ask Mother Earth like I did before I came in. I asked Mother Earth. That's very different from the salvation point mentality we expect to come either in some Messiah or some UFO. We base our lives on hope. And that's kind of like a wish. Without dealing with relativity, we deal in reality. And the etymology of real is royalty. Realty. Reality is royalty. Is based on domination, authority. Authority. So once we understand the authority, we start understanding the language, the diction that we we compete with each, each with each other every day. And this language that I'm speaking, the one I just spoke to you, is one of abundance. Lakota. La kota. Asking for the center of the origin of inclusion. Many times from the origin of inclusion. So we voice that as la kota. We are always asking how to live here. Because obviously these elders, the consciousnesses, the rocks, the waters, the fish, the animals, the plants, have been here long before we were. And so we go to them and we ask this intelligence to help us come alive, be conscious with all of that. And we understand what it means to be here. When you understand the dimensional effect that we have, not just as individuals, but as a, as a unification, because today's wanting to be connected is a terminology of loss. So when you're unified, your unification, you understand you're swimming in the energy all the time, wakan, to consciously apply mystery to everything. And that's everywhere. Black Elk said, the center of the universe is everywhere. So there's no one greater or worse than you are. And that's just not a new agey thing. That's how we know it. Long before the seven generations. So we, we act. Our action is one of evolution, not an act of revolution we have to understand there is no love there is only 
No beginning and no ending, which is what you would call love. Because if that's what you are, you don't need a word for it. And if you are truly free, you don't need freedom. And you have to understand these words, the energy that you have, come out of here and work with the nasula. The brain is merely a seed of the heart. So therefore, the language that we speak in Lakota is only from the heart, multidimensional, 22 dimensions, 33 layers of Lakota. So when I speak to you, I could be saying nine things at once, 260 directions, each with a color. That language feeds you, uploads to you. But that DNA from who you are. My uncle used to say, descendants and ancestors. So this is who we are. This is who you are. But we forgot because we, come, we have become what's. So I think it's, it's time because Mama Earth misses you. Mama Earth needs you. Regardless if you are trying to be cool today, tomorrow, go into a deep, dark dungeon and consume alcohol, mass quantities, try to forget about who you are. But there's going to come a time in your age when you know that she needs you to set things in balance again. So when I think about authority, I have trouble with authority all the time because we can't think in, in domination hierarchy. We can only think in relational values all the time. So I can't hear what the president's saying. I can't hear what God's saying. I can't hear what that authority who's in front of the classroom is telling me that this is how it's supposed to be because I don't get to experience it when somebody else tells me how to do it. Only when I do it. That doesn't mean I'm an individual because I'm shown in my culture, not taught. So my thought will check you. My prayer, in other words, would be that someday the Lakota people, the native people, there'll be enough room for us to live again. And we know that's true. It's not ideal. Where I could live to be 120 years old rather than 50 on my reservation. When it used to be 120 years old. So the health, the healthy, heal thy, the healthy, starts with the heart. The tree roots consciousness. Accepting, knowing that there's a history before 1492. And it's difficult for most of us. I can see because I was educated in a Western box too. I almost, I almost educated the wisdom out of myself. I took things measuring, weighing, costing, owning, dominating. And I got so far away from myself. But with these gentlemen, see, we're different, different players, different people. And this is the music of Earth and music that you would escape with, I guess you would say. And of course, there's a lot of other 
memories I could tell you because we have a memory that we cannot forget as Native people. But our memory is that we should always remember. Sounds redundant. Those who have come here to, to seek what is now at risk is peace. And so I'll leave you with just, just three thoughts and we're going to finish out here. These three words that you could change daily, then you would understand the difference between domination and relationship. As I say, in this language, I can say peace on earth. I can say peace on earth. But in my language, I can't say peace on earth. I can only say peace with Mother Earth. You see, just a couple of words. Peace with Mother Earth. And so I'd like to thank you for coming tonight and hope I didn't depress you. Yeah. Um, it felt very, very good to be here tonight, and uh, my friends have helped me, and I do have a CD that's, that's available. That, uh, of course, it'll help me, but it also help this, this children's group that I have on my reservation. Um, it's called Simply Smiles. Simply Smiles.